Just trust me, okay? Tonight we are here with the latest and, thank God, newest panelist that I love and have been obsessed with since the first syllable came screaming out of her mouth. (laughs) None other than fabulous makeup artist to the stars, Chewy. So that would be none other than Brittany Tuning. So I am so blessed to have you go ahead and join the show officially. I reached out to you. I think it was two weeks ago now. You weren't able to be here last week, but I t- was telling everyone she's coming. She's coming back. So I'm so glad that you're here and that you're loving this. You are just setting everything on fire. We're going to have to get you a different mic probably, but <laughs> I'm <sorry>. I love <laughs> it though. I, what I'm getting at too is um, I love the excitement because I would rather have somebody that I have to contain than somebody that I have to constantly infuse with injections of some sort of morphine or adrenaline or I'm something crazy. I'm allergic to morphine. <laughs> well, <so>. then, <laughs> adrenaline per se. But I'm just glad you're, you're always excited and ready to roll. So that's great. And I know that because of one of your top things we're going to talk about. So this is your one-on-one interview as a panelist. So that way our audience can get to know you. And like I've said, if you don't know me by now, send us some messages, send us some questions. I'm glad to go ahead and answer. Um, We're looking to get a little more interactive with our listeners and pretty soon our viewers. We're going to be having a YouTube channel. For those that are in support, hashtag just trust me, okay? Please keep us alive out there. Share all the posts. So for you, my dear Chewy, what is the most treasured position you have in your life? And that is motherhood. So talk to us a little bit about that. How? What are the top joys of being a mom? I mean, everything <clears throat> is amazing about being a mom. How I, old is he? He just turned five. Yeah. And it is every day, you know, your child is going to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And so every day you just get to be amazed by this little person discovering something and who they are and what the world is. And I've been enjoying seeing amazing. some of your posts that come up that are like old videos or old <laughs> pictures and you're just in love with them again. I I'm, I really hate to say, it, but I'm going to be that like creepy, creepy. Who's got a thousand m- pictures. Mother. Yeah. Um, my child is five. He still sleeps in the bed with me. You know, he, lo- he loves his mama and stuff like that. But I'm like, my kid can be 30 years old and be like, you want to come snuggle with mommy? You come right here. And I will never tell my son he can't come cuddle with me. And because I know one day he's going to be embarrassed by me. Very, very major. If you did your job correctly, he will. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's everyone's message that they get across is if your mom did anything embarrassed or anything right, she's going to make you feel embarrassed at some point. I, I know one thing I felt bad about was my mom wanted to capture all of mine and my brother's firsts, and the one thing she never saw me do first was shave my face. Oh! And I did it in secret, and then and it was because I didn't want pictures. And then when later I saw how hurt she was, I still to this day feel terrible about it. It's hard because, I mean, I'm going to cry just thinking about my son shaving, and he's only five. It's... It's so hard for a mom, especially, to see this little tiny person who has needed us for everything yep. to just start being independent. Yeah, it's like, look at me, mommy, I'm shaving. You're, you're a man now. Like you're officially grown up. And right. you know, once you get to that point, you kind of, you know, you're, you're doing everything for yourself. You don't necessarily need your parents that much anymore. And it, it's hard because it's, that's well, one of the, that's one of the last things that your mom is going to get to see you do, or your father's going to get to see you do. That's like the last thing that you do of your childhood really as a, first kind of well and you said that he's five my mother had me and then five years later my brother came along would you have another 
I would love to have another one, but I spent seven and a half months of my pregnancy in the hospital. Oh, so you're scared. Yes. <laughs> and has your doctor told you rightfully so, like, that's probably going to happen again? My doctor offered to tie my tubes. Wow. Because it was so severe. Yeah, and usually for women, um, it's really hard to get your tubes tied after one child, and you usually, most of the time, need your partner's consent to right. do that, um, which I don't think is correct. Uh, wow, really? Yeah, I know. We have to, once again, have someone else tell us what we can do with our bodies. Well, it's because you're a woman and you're a second-class yeah, citizen, right? exactly. Okay. But I, I, <laughs> especially after this pandemic, if I had to go through pregnancy again, I have the chance of not seeing my child for a year. Because if I'm in the hospital that much, he's not going to be able to come up and visit me in the room. And I am with my child all day, every day. So I... I personally, like, I'm only not with him maybe one or two days of the week if he stays the night at his grandparents. But other than that, like, I can't go a week right. plus without seeing my child. I will hyperventilate. <laughs> right. I can't do it. I don't so know how does your, do does your husband share the same obsession that you do with <laughs> your son? <laughs> I mean... It's, it's literally once you become a parent, all you do is talk about your the kids, kid. And yeah. you feel, you're always like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that person. But it's just, you're so, just in such awe. So I have I a, definitely annoy my husband with how much I love our child. <laughs> well, I have a best friend that she and I made a pact that because she didn't want children, that she was going to have mine. She was like, you know, I'll do that for you. The only request she had was she said, if I'm going to have children for you and deform my body, her words, not mine, and I'm going to deform my body to have your baby, then we're doing it the natural way. So we went ahead and did a practice round of that. Well, years later, she's gone on to have two kids. Now, all of a sudden, she's obsessed with her children and she loves being a mom. Did you think at one point in time that maybe you were not going to have children? Earlier, I did not want kids only because I had I had a hard time growing up as a child. I had a lot of issues, personal issues that I had. And when I, did it shift? Um, when you found out you were knocked up? No, I, <laughs> um, my child was not a mistake. It was not a oh no, I'm okay. pregnant. It was I want a baby in my belly. Put it there. So yeah. So what? Gave, <laughs> what made you change your mind to go? I want a kid now. Honestly, I just. Growing up and seeing how awful the world is and as someone who has always questioned if they are truly loved or not by other people. Right. I wanted, it sounds awful, I wanted something that I could love unconditionally and that would love me back. That I didn't ever have to question. I don't think that's ridiculous. I, you know, I wanted, I just wanted this love that I I feel like I I never had in my life. And I, I had this love that I needed to give to someone and... Having a child was the greatest decision I think, I've ever had. I think in my as life. long as you don't go the route of some parents who start to slowly poison their kids so they rely on them for the rest of their lives, I think you're okay. I don't think it's my selfish. My son relies on me for a lot, <laughs> but he's extremely independent. Right. On his own. I, I definitely, he's, yes, he still sleeps with me. You know, I know people are going to say something on that. But whatever. She you dares you. You don't know until you become a parent. And I, True. I don't, I don't. I don't really care. But you know what's interesting? Um, I had a friend that lived in a neighborhood that had a lot of people from all over the world living there. And one of them was a family that was, I think they were from like uh, Sweden. 
And they do a thing in Sweden called the family bed. Yeah. And it's where basically, like, when I went over to their house, it was this massive, like, McMansion. So it was huge. Every kid had their own room and all this. But the rooms were immaculate. And then when you walked by the parents' master bedroom, there was all these little, like, sleeping bags and little beds on the floor. And I was like, what the hell's going on? They're like, oh, no, no, no. Even though they all, yes, they have their own rooms to, like, play in and hang out and do homework. But we all sleep in the same room. Not in necessarily the same bed, per se, but in the same I room. I don't think there's anything I had, wrong with I it. I had no idea. Honestly, it's like, you know, growing up, you think that you need to be, like, embarrassed by your family and stuff like that. And then people are like, oh, my gosh, you're 18 and you still live at home? Right. What? As I've gotten older, I'm like, I totally understand why back in the day, families just lived in all the house together like my mother-in-law's two doors down my you know my husband's nana is two streets over which i think a lot of people would find to be very invasive but you love it you know it's one of those things where i'm like i totally understand and now as i'm older i'm like i would love to just get a plot of land and like everybody build your house right i I agree have our little community i felt like that was only a mexican thing though because i really my family's super close and i really love everyone being nearby and all that and i wish we could and i had even said that before i was like oh when i grow up i really want to buy just a bunch of property we all just have like subdivisions of our own but yeah a lot of people are like hell no i mean it's (laughs) you know as much as you want to be an independent person when you get older at the same time and especially after this pandemic realizing that all you truly have is each other. Everything else in the world is materialistic. You're right. A lot of people have woken up to to that very fact that time is precious now. We live for luxury. We don't live for survival and for family needs. Right. So, you know, after all this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could not imagine like my, one of my brothers lives in California and my other brother lives in Texas. And, you know, I live two hours away from my mom and I'm like, as a parent, I could, uh-uh. If my kid is moving states away, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm moving. I am moving. Yeah. I am moving. That's what my parents just told me about my little sister. I thought that the goal of my parents was that when my dad got to retirement age, my mom was like, fine, I'll live, I'll move wherever you want. I won't, I don't need to be by my family until you retire. Then we're moving back to Utah. And they did that. Well, now their plan is to leave. And I was like, what is that about? And they said, well, we're going to go wherever your sister goes to college. Yeah. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, you're not ever going to move here. Your brother is living his life with his wife out in Minnesota. We're going to go plot land somewhere wherever your sister goes to college and decides to have a life and we'll just go there. All my husband's family is in Minnesota too. The rest of his family is all I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to segue for two seconds about this. I swear. I swear, Minnesota and Wisconsiners, they have like their own little way of life. <laughs> yes, it's a they do. it's a weird yes, thing they out do. there. They're the nicest people. They really are. But also don't mess with them. But that's their whole thing. They're like, we're gonna we live here now They're and nice, we're but never they know where to hide bodies. leaving. Yeah, well, in any one of the millions <laughs> of lakes. So after that, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. What the Whoa. 
welcome back. So we were just talking about how important family, aka motherhood, is to you. So let's, I knew that was going to be like the biggest chunk because I know how proud you are of being a mother and having this fabulous life where you're able to be close with your family and all this. So it made me love myself <clears throat> more. I, I can only imagine Honestly, it must. Like- I, I'm okay, so I'm still a bigger size than I've ever been. Yes, in my life, you have ch- shared about that. Yes, and but I am even when I was 110 pounds, I, I would never s- wear a crop top or anything like that. Yeah, I was but gonna now, say you said this is the happiest you've yeah, ever been. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have like You're I you. was always ashamed of my stretch marks. Because right, no one ever talked about them when I was younger, and then now I'm like. You know, my body has been through stuff. Like, yep. I made life. Like, I should be so proud and of celebrating the body that it. I have. Like, my body made something. Yep. Like, it's not just there to be mush in the world. It's a celebration. It yeah. really is. And it is. It's battle scars you should be proud of. I, I didn't know that I was. I didn't know how strong of a person it's, I was until I went through. Well, and it's not like with me. If, if I had stretch marks, it would be because I just got super fat and then I lost mean, weight. I'm gonna it's you a little not, different. Not all my stretch marks are from pregnancy. Well, nobody, okay? nobody needs Some to know that. Some of them are just from life. <laughs> so next up, let's talk about something else that has really, I think, catapulted you into getting way out of your shell, which is you are a fabulous makeup artist. You love all things beauty related. You love making uh, women, men, people, whoever, they feel the most beautiful, they're most proud to be themselves with makeup and styling in general. So how do you, What's what would you describe your love for makeup as? Is it like another whole extension of you or what? I mean, I think it's someone who is, gone through a lot of trauma in my life. I've been made fun of a lot of my life. I've never been told I was beautiful or pretty. It was always, oh, you look pretty, but you would look more pretty if you did this. It was always, if you did this. It was never just, you're pretty. And I don't, I don't like seeing people feel bad about themselves. So I don't ever want someone to not see themselves as beautiful. Like to feel less than. Yes. And if I can help you actually look in the mirror and be like, damn, that's me. Right. And just actually want to look at yourself because, I mean, I'm 33 years old and I want to say probably for 19 years of my life, I refuse to look in the mirror. I was going to say you were, you didn't like what was, what no. was looking back at you. I mean, you. some days I still struggle because I'm human. We all have those days where we don't feel beautiful. But I mean, if, even if just smiling at someone and just telling them, oh my gosh, your hair looks amazing. And right. they're like, Really, I thought I was having a bad hair day. And oh, right, absolutely. You don't know what you're that your worst can do critic. For someone, I mean, someone could be going to kill themselves, and you're just literally you telling them they look beautiful that day puts it off for another day. Yeah, yep. you know, you right. could have just saved them. You're right, absolutely, and it it's the best thing that you can learn in life is that it doesn't cost anything to be a nice fucking person. No, it really doesn't. Can you just be nice? Would it kill you literally? Like, just and to you be can nice? be a nice bitch too. If you have to. <laughs> you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Yes, I think um, producer Lizzo wrote that book. I, I can't remember what it's called. This is what bitch looks like. Yeah. And she's smiling. <laughs> so, yes, I agree with that. But what's crazy is um, here lately, I've been working with a client that she has somebody that she's working with, a vendor, and they were trying to give her some criticism on the way that she's running that particular business. And the lady was just absolutely repulsive through the phone. She was just, everything she was saying was in an attack of way. She was being very rude. And it was like, why? Why can't you just have the same conversation in a constructive, productive demeanor? Why do you have to tear each other down? It's hard in this industry because everyone wants to think that they're better than the other person. Everyone wants to think that they know more, but 
you know, you may know more about one subject than this person, but they know more about another subject than you. Right. And it's, you know, no one is ever, no one is truly more beautiful than anyone else. We all have different things that make us beautiful. And it's, it's not about looking like someone else. It's about looking like you. Who do, who do you want to be? How do you want to see your beautiful self? One of your other passions that you love, that's basically like an extension of you, is none other than what is attached to your head. You love hair. Oh, and yeah. everything related to hair. I love color. So, okay, so it's the color for you. Yes. I, I My hair has not been a natural color, big quotation marks, and I don't even know how many years. Um, the closest I'm going to get to a natural is a red or black. Uh, what is your, what, what hair color were you born with? Uh, Do you even remember? Like a sandy blonde. <laughs> Have What's the longest you've gone without Actually, dyeing like, your hair? Like, in the summertime, my hair would look like yours. Like Liz's? Yeah, in my hair. In the summertime when I was younger, I mean, I would get those money pieces, blonde pieces, you know. Um, that Gwen Stefani blonde platinum blonde. Eyes, that's, you know, what I was. But it's just, I, my name is Brittany and I'm blonde hair and blue eyes and that's just not me. That's nothing like what any other Britneys look like from what I understand. I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I always feel so uncomfortable and I... Like I said, I I think this has a lot to go with just being made fun of Mm -hmm. as a kid and always being told I I was not pretty enough. And then when I started embracing my weirdness, um, then I just became cool. Right. Like I hate I hate to say this, you know, but well, cool because you were embracing who you are. Yeah, but it was I didn't have because I was not the girly girl in the dress and the tights and the bows. But because I could be weird and it was, oh my gosh, what is that? Look at that girl. Ooh, that's different. And it was, it was the only time anyone ever complimented me and made me feel good about my body was when I actually dressed weird because it was, I wish I had the guts to wear that. It was your own. You were doing your own thing. I wish I could do that one day. Right. It's just like, I've never felt the, the, what is it? The alternative gothic. Right. What? I don't even know what to label myself as. I'm like a hippie weird emo chick. I don't know. Well, then we just did a segment on this, but. They've always been nicer than like the beauty and it's like. But I think this is, I think this is part of your story too, is we just did a segment on mental health and wellness. And I know that you said that's been like a critical part of your entire journey just as a person. Yes. And what, what do you attest as being the biggest thing that you've had to overcome? Because I know that now you are just like oozing with self-confidence and, you know, the willingness to kind of just go there with whatever you're wearing, you're going to own it, you're going to do that. What has attributed to you having that ability now? Oh, that's kind of hard to say. I mean, obviously, I still have my insecurities. Everybody does. No one, no one is perfect. There's still plenty of times where I look in the mirror and I'll do something and I'm just like, why? Don't you find that as you get older, your insecurities that you used to have when you were younger, looking back now, are so frivolous compared to what your insecurities are now? Is that correct? Yes. And like, I mean... You know, as you get older, or when you're younger, of course, you know, you want to be popular. You want to be cool. So it's being... Yeah, which is frivolous. You're being, like, I want everyone to like yeah, me. Yeah, being unique <laughs> is so looked down on. But when you grow up, you realize that it's the unique people that are the true Yeah, people. trailblazers. You know, it's... You don't want someone who's going to look just like a cookie cutter image of no, everyone else. Like no. I, 
I've very much found my independence and being who I am. And I no longer dress for other people. I dress for me. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Agreed. That's cool. But, you know, I'm also not going to go and wear your Banana Republic outfit. Right. But that's just me. Well, and I think that's one of the cool things um, that you're bringing up about originality. Like, I know for me, one of the things that I definitely strive for is I'm not going to be the one when it comes to how I'm setting up my home or setting up a client's house. I'm not going to go buy a pre-decided package of five different things to like put out as throw pillows and blankets or to put up as art on the wall or to put out as floral arrangements because I want them to be my touch that nobody else has. So I definitely think that comes with age because I think when we're all first starting out, we're all guilty of like, I'm going to buy the bed in a bag and I'm going to buy the pictures that are all together and just be done. Well, because you... When you're growing up, I mean, all you're doing is you're seeing what's on TV, you're seeing with other people, so you think that's what you need to do. Well, and you're still trying to find your yeah, identity. And I mean, well, like I said, I'm I'm 33 and I'm still finding myself. Okay? Right. Like there's, I learn something new every day about myself. Liz is and like 80 and she's still figuring out who the hell she is, right? I mean, I, I don't think we ever truly exactly. know who we are in life. It's, it's something that you're not going to know who you are. And so personally, I think we're a senior. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back to talk about something that I think really helps you figure out who you really are. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there, half shoulder length longer. Here, baby, there, mama, everywhere, daddy, daddy. One, two. Bringing to the folks, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together. So something else that I wanted to kind of segue off into, we were just talking about like mental health and wellness. And then we were talking about really getting to know who you are and being comfortable with yourself. In this last portion of my interview with you, we have two key things we're going to talk about. One of them, I think you'll be able to probably just like my boyfriend be able to talk about forever, which is that you, my dear, are a massive weed advocate, correct? Yes, it is my best friend. Ganja queen. So let's, It gave birth to me. Let's talk about that. So as, as far as your, in all seriousness, advocacy for... Uh, you know, Mary Jane, 420 friendly, whatever you want to say. I don't don't get high. I honestly, I think the last time I got high was probably the first time I ever smoked when, you know, I was in my 94 Ford Explorer on my break from parties, (laughs) being a biscuit maker when I was 15 years old. Oh my gosh. You know, but I mean, now it's, I honestly, I I can't remember the last time I've gotten high because it's, it's essentially. Because you truly do use it in your case for medicinal purposes. Is that correct? Yes. So what are we talking about? Do you like dose a certain amount throughout the day or what are you how are you using it i could just dose a certain amount yeah that's what i'm wondering like Um, how are you figuring i gauging it if you probably consume a lot more than uh your average thing i always joke that i would be snoop dogg's best friend probably and martha stewart's now too apparently i'm that person where like i'm i'm gonna roll a blunt and that's just like my appetizer for the blunt that i'm rolling And then after that, I need my dessert blunt. So, you know. So what was, I think that you're doing your dream job as a makeup artist, but what would your dream job actually involve you legally having a dispensary of some kind? So, Go speaking for it. about that. Um, Let's talk about my it. My childhood best friend and I, Crystal. 
Okay, dog. What's what up, up? Okay. Um, so we are looking into everything that we need to do to open a dispensary because okay. her father, Stevie, Woo-woo. um, has busted me and Crystal when we were teenagers. Oh my gosh. Smoking. And the um, day's finally here where it might not be bustable. Yeah, so but they're actually looking into everything they need they need to do to open a dispensary and it will be me and her as the front of house running the spokespeople of the dispensary. That's I, fantastic. I, I truly think it is a great way to educate and medicate. It is not just for, you know, like, ha, 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 ha. It, it's, it's really not. Like, what do you think is one of the biggest misnomers, misunderstandings, misconceptions about people using marijuana as medicine? I think people don't understand how it truly works as medicine. Um, you know, we're so quick. You know, I have my wrist hurts or my ankle hurts. I'm okay. Tylenol. And right. Tylenol just knows where your body ailments are. <laughs> like, how do you know that my ankle hurts? Okay. I didn't tell you. You just know that it does. Okay. Okay. Same thing with cannabis. If I if I'm having an anxiety attack or if I'm having a body pain, um, I will take that. Actually. I ended up having to have an emergency C-section with my son. Um, Percocets. I I have a, like I said, I respond bad to Tylenol, okay? Yeah, you did talk about that. A quarter of a Percocet, and I am just a blob on the floor. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I can't do anything. Obviously, I can't do that and nurse a newborn child. Okay. You know, so I could take one hit of a bowl. I could immediately stretch. I felt no pain. I could get up, do everything I needed to do. And to me, that's a lot better than being under the influence of a narcotic to where I could fall asleep and accidentally drop my baby. I could, you know, be passed out and leave him there. He could roll over and die. Like, I I can't I can't take the risk of not knowing what I'm going to be by taking a pharmaceutical drug when I can take something natural. And, you know, worst case scenario for those who green out, if you ever have have CBD. Explain green out. So for me, I'm. It's essentially when you intake in too much. Um, most people, I feel, they overdose on... There's not a true overdosing, but you That's feel, what I was going to say. I, I feel, feel like, like everyone says that's the one thing you can't like, do. All right, I, I can smoke an ounce in uh, a day. Okay. No problem. Okay. Okay? You know, but if you give me one little chocolate, I'm done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, done. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I cannot edible in life. Edibles, like, right, okay, like right, I, right, right, right. I can right. consume cannabis and still, mom, I'm like in tune with everything. Don't even try to get anything out. Wait, like it's not happening. But if I have an edible, I'm like, who's here? What? What? And why is that? I have no idea. But edibles affect me so much differently. Like I can, I won't drive on an edible. I will drive and smoke a blunt. No I think problem. everybody seems to do that. You know, that. but I, I, I cannot. I'm not going to be alone with my child if I take an edible. I'm not going to drive if I take an edible because then I'm, I get just, I can't handle it. Okay. And so if I ever have that point where i've taken too much you can actually take cbd Mm -hmm. to counteract the effects of thc so if you have too much thc you can take something with cbd and it will calm you down or you know eat really drink some milk i have not even heard this yeah so a lot of times if you like ever go into like an infused meal plan you know an infused restaurant most of the time they're gonna have low doses low dosages of thc in the beginning of the meal okay and towards the ending of their meal because you don't want to be Everything that you ha- you're eating is infused, so they don't want you to be, you know, not able to drive home, not able to function. So they're going to give you CBD infused during your last meal. So that's going to calm you down a little bit. It's going to 
waking you up, allow you to function a little bit better to where you're not just, you know, like, Cheech and Chong kind of movie. (laughs) It's so sad because I think we're getting to an era where I don't think people will understand the reference of Cheech and Chong. No. So sad. And, you know, they did start releasing their own line of pipes and of bongs and all this. Him and his wife are so cute on TikTok, too. Oh, I will have to look that up because, yeah, one of the things I thought was cool, um, a friend of mine, this is like five years ago, she had shown me. I didn't even know they had a line until she showed me. And the coolest thing that I saw, and only a pothead would think of this, she was like, you know, how, like if you're smoking weed, you're always losing your lighter. I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing. She goes, they put a magnet right on the side of the bong. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was like her most favorite feature of it was it was a magnet on it. You'll never lose your lighter. I'm the one, I'm actually not a glass last smoker oh really i okay so like when i started smoking cannabis when i was younger it was you know teenage years so it was like let's make a gravity bong let's see how much we can choke and die and i got to the point where i just i don't like coughing oh this is true this is true and then also i'm bougie i (laughs) after the first hit it just tastes like Really? You know, I because like that's why I like when I roll something, it's a consistent, it's the same hit. Okay. Far away, I'm not choking, I'm not dying. I just, yeah, I just like to sit back, relax, medicate. So last but certainly not least, none other than the most random topic. Um, some people have listed people. Some of the others have listed um, an entire like studio. <laughs> you <laughs> listed. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Explain this to me. So, okay, number one, I love him because I didn't know he could sing like that. And I loved Moulin Rouge. So, I mean, I I will say it took me time. My first boyfriend and I went and saw it, and I swear I left there feeling like I had just taken acid or something. Like, it was so much. Moulin Rouge was not when... Because when it first came out, it was way ahead of its time. It was. It, it really was. It was not advertised as a no. musical. It was so much. It was much. not advertised as that. But, I went and saw it with my middle school friends. But that's, we're all watching like, yeah. this is, what? what is this? But that's that's Baz Luhrmann, though. He's always, always a so cut above. Amazing, though. But what is this obsession you have with Ewan McGregor? Where is it? Like, is there a, a key movie that's really like the one? Honestly, I mean, I've always been a fan because obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi Yep. But um, I, I personally think Moulin Rouge was as soon as, you know, my gift is yep. my song. Yes. Oh, sorry, I can't sing. But as soon as just the word my. Yes, because he hit it so right. Yep. I dropped my popcorn on the floor. <laughs> I dropped everything. I, I thought did, you were going to say your pants. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that was the first time in my life I ever experienced I need a panty change. Yes. Um, you know, like little sixth, seventh grade Chewy. Um, but it was, uh, there was just something about him. He's, there's nothing overly beautiful about him. He looks like every other man in every other neighborhood. I think that's a pretty endearing quality though. Like he looks pretty relatable. He has. Like you could run into him. Yes. Like the eyes, you're just like, you have so many stories in them. I want to know (laughs) them. Yes. I don't know. I just feel like he's amazing in all ways, shape, or forms. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. I love that he's very versatile, but the one thing I think that's missing from him is, like, that It movie, like, the defining film of his career. that's the thing about that makes him so great. Is what? He doesn't need the It factor. I think he needs one Oscar, and then he can go. Oh, he definitely deserves, like, some awards, but you know what? I think most of the greatest actors in our industry are ones that are not credited because they're not the beautiful people. Yeah. 
I mean, I just think he's beautiful in, oh, he in his beautiful. very, very own way. But I think one of the most enduring qualities about him, like you said, is that he's very much like, you know, J- John Q. Public, as they so say. So he's also, because they're going to be doing a whole Obi-Wan Kenobi series and stuff. Um, With him? Uh, I don't know if it's 100% confirmed or not. Oh but gosh. think about it. Owen McGregor oh is the only person who can play the past, present, and future version of himself. Oh my lord, she's he, really been he's thinking that about beautiful. this. He's that beautiful <laughs> to where he legit looks the same to where he could he could play the past, present, and future versions of himself. I only know two other people that are this excited about anything Star Wars related. <laughs> one of them is not here, and one of them is on the couch. So my whole house is Star Wars. My dogs are Luke and Leia. Oh like, my gracious! Everyone thinks my Chewie is from Star Wars, but I mean it's my last name Tuning. But well, I'll never forget that about. I think it's been about two months ago now that I talked to you on the phone for the first time, and I'm so glad that you actually listened to me when I said. Just trust me, okay? (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad that we'll be seeing more of you. Good night.